Hello, friends. Lee Henson Hasty here, leading theologically. I'm with Anna Carter Florence. We're here to talk about her book that just came out, literally October 3rd, um, with Westminster John Knox Press. A is for alabaster, and that's just the beginning because this is a ABCDary. Uh, if you don't know that word, look it up. <laughs> I know we'll talk about that. It's uh, she goes to the whole ABCs of the Old and the New Testament. The, to, to tell beautiful stories, um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Anna, thanks for being here. Um, just uh, so much enjoyed our conversation about your the book Rehearsing Scripture, and I'm looking forward to this one too. And it looks like now you're move, move locations from Black Mountain to Decatur. Is that right? I am. I'm here. Um, my husband and I have a home in Black Mountain. He's associate pastor at Black Mountain Presbyterian Church. So I'm there in the summer. Okay. And yeah. on academic breaks. And then I'm back in Decatur teaching Man. at Columbia Seminary. So yeah. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Two great places to be. Yeah. And yeah. Um, in the fall, especially, it feels like uh, what a great time. Um, for folks, if you don't know Anna, you're gonna you're just gonna love getting to know and know her. She is a graduate of Yale University where she studied theater, uh, Princeton Seminary, her MDiv. She entered that MDiv class with Victor Aloya, the new president at Columbia on the same day, the same dorm. Um, I learned from him and she confirmed um, and her PhD from Princeton as well, where she worked with Nora Tubbs Tisdale. Um, she's been teaching at Columbia since 1998. Yeah. And, and celebrating her 35th year of ordination, uh, such a gift to the church and just keeps on giving. Um, and you can learn more about her on their website. We'll put the link in the chat and uh, please learn more about her. In fact, before you go, or you'll need to hear about a new grant that uh, has not even gotten an official press release, but it's, it's public uh around uh preaching at columbia so we'll we'll talk about that too uh i'm so excited here about all these things first i want to ask uh anna is about your call you know what is uh, making you come alive what is the work your soul must have um what is at the center of where god is calling you these days mm. Well, first of all, thank you, Lee, for having it's all for having me. It's always such a joy to be here with you. Um, thank you. And you know, I feel like I, you know, I this I just finished my twenty fifth year at Columbia, wow. and I've been doing work that I think my soul must have for twenty five years, and I feel so incredibly grateful about that. Um, and that's work with students. Mm. You know, I um, I loved being a pastor when I was a pastor, but I knew in the back of my head that what I really loved was reading texts, biblical texts with students and trying to do close readings and thinking about what the text was saying to them and to their context and to this time and what they felt feel called to um, proclaim about it. And then I got a job that lets me do that. So, <laughs> uh, so, and they pay, they, I hope they, they do pay do. you, right? I know. <laughs> I think of my um, colleague, Beth Johnson, who is now emerita. She taught New Testament at Columbia for many, many years. And she used to say, 
I would teach for free. Um, they have to pay me to go to meetings, but I'll teach for free. <laughs> right. that's, that's kind of how it feels. Um, and the students at Columbia have continued to be amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. the student body is very different than when I first started. And we mm -hmm. were 90, 97% of our students were Presbyterian right. Church USA in 1998. And now it's very different. And they're just... Um, you know that I don't want to say they get better and better because I loved them then. <laughs> it's, it's really, um, it's just wonderful. That's that's giving me, um, that's giving me a lot of joy and a lot of life every day. And um, and it's always different. It's never the same. Right, right. It's like the you river. Need, you know, you don't step you need, into the same text twice. Right, right. Um, and they have their own stories and their own uh, their own lenses, right? And their own sets of ears, and they hear things and see things and say things differently. Um, that's beautiful. Um, your my father-in-law um, is. Uh, oh, hello, Robin. Good to have you here with us. Um, uh, he taught for uh, thirty or forty years um, New Testament and church history, and he said. He said, when I taught well, and I hear you saying this, I didn't teach subjects. Mm -hmm. I taught students, you know, and um, even he went on to say, like, most of his books were to answer questions for students. And I'm wondering if that's also true for you. <laughs> that is beautifully said. And yes, I think um, I think teachers do think like that. I mean, you don't I mean, we have our own questions we want to ask, but it's the questions your students are asking and the things that are happening in the classroom that you really want to explore. Right. And that's, um, that's, that's been the thing behind, uh, book, you know, books that I've written, things that I've done. Right. And most of the, most of the emphasis for me has been, yeah, reading biblical texts in ways that will make them um, come alive. Right. Yeah. Amen. It's amazing how um, it's amazing how, especially for preachers, how weary preachers can get. Right. right. Um, and it, and so creating the space to um, have the text be constantly fresh, have it be new, and not just for preachers, but for um, for anyone who picks up scripture. I feel like this is a pretty urgent need right now. So that was kind of yes, it is, and. I'd say your book, I don't know what you thought about your audience. I mean, it, it's these 52 reflections. So that's, you could set that up for a year, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, 52 reflections on scripture. It could be devotional. It could be a group. I mean, and you, even at the back of the book, you have some questions um, that could be set up in a, in a variety of ways um, for groups or individuals, which I, I, I think is really super nice. You don't always see that. I mean, um, in a book and, uh, you go through these ABCs of the old Testament and the new Testament. Um, a is for alabaster. That's new Testament. A is for Abigail. Um, and a lot of women I noticed, which I really appreciated, um, that yeah. always don't get talked about, <laughs> uh, Zalofahad's daughters. And, and, um, I think Shipra or Pua, one of the Hebrew Mid, midwives of the Hebrews, I like to say. He, uh, <laughs> he is, yeah, he is. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, it's just, it's just a real, what, what, 
did you think about in terms of audience when you're writing this? Um, it it feels like it's a spark to preachers, maybe just to give them a little bit of have fun with the text kind of thing. Is that? Yeah, yeah. Can I just like hold it? Oh, up please. Hold, yeah, I don't. I only have the galleries yeah. on, there it on is. the PDF. Yeah. So okay, now that's book. done. <laughs> now that's done. So, um, you know, the book evolved. This has been an idea that has been with me for a really long time. Um, I wrote about this in the introduction. I read um, Frederick Buechner's lexicon books right. when I was young, and I kind of fell in love with this ABC to reform. Um, Buechner went A to Z and looked at different images from scripture, different characters. And actually that format is ancient. Um, it's even in scripture. Mm -hmm. um, the okay. Book of Lamentations has a kind of an ABC to reform. Um, and it's how students um, used to learn their letters. So I thought um, way back then, I would love to write a book like that. And then as I began to um, work with students at, the, at Columbia, I thought, you know, one of the gifts of being a teacher of preachers is that you always look in the text for the preacher. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm always looking to see what a text might have to say um, because everything's contextual, right? What right. a text might have to say to the life of a preacher. And sometimes I get to preach to preachers and I get to do that. So at first the book was going to be for preachers about that. It was going to be a book about the preaching life that kind of um, opened up different um, biblical texts to do that. And then um, as we went along and, and my editor, Jessica Miller-Kelly at Westminster John Knox, my wonderful editor, encouraged me to think more broadly. And uh, we opened up the audience to include anyone who might happen to pick up the book. Mm -hmm. So pieces that I had written earlier, I rewrote, but the aim for me is, is still to have, um, to have the book speak um, about, um, to anyone who might read it, about just how bottomless these stories are, right. how much they have to say um, right now, and to encourage anybody who picks it up to um, get imaginative themselves. Amen. Well, it, it, I just, um, the ones that I've read are, are like that. It's really life giving. And I was, our last conversation, you talked about how each um, student who comes to the MDiv program, who takes the preaching and pro public proclamation course has to work through or workshop Mark five. And you even took on Mark five. I mean, how many times have you done Mark five H is for hemorrhaging woman, uh, you yeah. know, which yeah. I think is, I think is really great. And it shows that you, you, you're, you, you don't shy away. You don't ask your students to do something you're not willing to do yourself. So, <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I think I said this to you last time we spoke, Lee, um, every year when we sit down to read that chapter of Mark with a new group of students, there's a part of me that goes, oh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> here we go again. And then there will be mind blown <laughs> always like yes. three or four things that 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 they say that I've never right. heard before and never thought about that completely open the text up again. So right. it's a great thing for me. It's like a discipline for me. I mean, right. one of the fun things about the book, Lee, is that I got to pick um, who was going to go with each letter. And mm -hmm. that actually ended up being um, 
a really fun challenge because it turns out everybody's name begins with J. Uh, and right. so you have to get really creative about where right. you're going to put everyone. Jesus, Joe, John, Jacob, Jacob, <laughs> Jonah. I mean, it goes on and on and on. So, you know, um, Jacob had to be eyes for Israel. Jonah had to take F is for fish. Um, Jesus just got to go rogue and go in and out <laughs> right. of everybody else's letters. Um yeah. So it was it was fun to try to think about that. I wanted a mix of texts that um, that I'd never worked with, and then some that I really do love to work with, right. and come at them again. Right. Well, it does feel like it's a book that anybody could pick up, even a Sunday school dropout, which is how she starts the book. <laughs> that she's a fourth grade Sunday school dropout, but it's also the year you fell in love with scripture reading. Because you had to come up with your own, your parents made you come up with your own curriculum. And that was reading the story Bible and I guess watching Godspell or Jesus Christ Superstar or something like yeah, that. I'm really dating myself. I think, um, yeah, it was fourth grade. That's when um, in my little congregational church in New England, we got, they, the, the third graders got Bibles at the end. Oh, of the yeah. so you were reading scripture. Um, yeah. It was my fourth grade Sunday school class, and we were learning how to navigate, and I was bored out of my mind. It was the first time <laughs> a book had ever disappointed me, and um, I had a wonderful Sunday school teacher who loved scripture, and so I could see it, that he yes. loved it, but I, yeah. I just didn't get it, and so I asked my parents, um, well, I told them I wasn't going back, <laughs> and, um, and I'd never rebelled. And so they said, all right, come up with an alternative and we'll talk. And I proposed to read a book that my grandparents had sent, um, which was the Story Bible by Pearl S. Buck. And so what it did is it put scripture in story form, and then I was hooked. Right. I just, I absolutely loved it. I loved it. And then I was able to go back into the text. But what I learned from that experience was sometimes you just have to read, um, you have to go rogue and read it in a way that right. speaks to you. Right, right. Um, well, so any Sunday school dropouts out of there, I think I would, I would, I'll send them this book <laughs> because I think it helps you fall back in love with scripture. It really does. And, and I, I love, I, I just got caught up in all the stories. Um, and is there, you know, at the end of the book, I was, I, I was going to say mine, but I thought you give some questions. And uh, one of those is, um, did you detect any reoccurring themes in the book? That's a question you offer to those who are reading it. And how do those stories relate to each other? So when you go back, maybe you had to read it back for when you got the first uh, galleys back or what have you. Did you notice any themes? That's a great question, Lee. Um, I think uh, it's your question, so it's yeah, great. I know. But I, you know, to answer it yourself, um, and of course, everybody will answer that differently, right? right? Um, I think one of the things I was listening for was how these stories not only formed Israel, but how they formed Jesus. Mm. I thought a lot about how. Um, the Hebrew Bible stories um, in the first half of the book, the Old Testament stories, were ones that Jesus might have been told. Um, right. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. um, I thought about all of the 
people with complicated lives right. that he spent time with, particularly women with complicated lives, right. how they are mentioned in his genealogy and right. what that means for us that, that he entered into people's stories so deeply. Right. So I thought a lot about that, about how um, there's a reason for these stories being in scripture. There is, there is nothing, there is no human experience that is off limits or that disqualifies anyone from a life of faith. I mean, that these are, these are, to be human is to live in and among and with um, everything that's possible under the sun. Mm-hmm. Great response. <laughs> um, another question. I, lo- I love this question. And it's, it's sort of um, reminds me of Krista Tippett's question about, uh, you know, what formed you as a child? Are, are there particular reflections here that, um, I mean, part of this is you start with talking about reading the story Bible, the Pearless book, which Pearless book people need to know, um, by the way, <laughs> thanks for lifting up that name. Um, but is there a reflection that sheds light on your own childhood that you can think of any of these in particular, or probably more than one, but yeah, the whole, anybody who comes up in Genesis was Genesis, just, Genesis mm-hmm. was my favorite when I was, mm-hmm. and I mean, there are just so many great characters, right? right. And um, so a lot of the, mm-hmm. um, as it turns out, a lot of the characters in the first half of the book, the Hebrew Bible, Old Testament part are, um, from the book of Genesis. Right. Well, you've got the olive leaf, you have Israel, you have Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. The um, olive leaf is Noah because N was taken. Okay. <laughs> yak, the yak, it was for yak. Um, uh, Ur and Tamar, Tamar, mm-hmm. uh, salt. Oh, these are, these are all okay. Um, yeah. And some of them were um, stories I hadn't worked with. As is for Salt, that's um, Lot's wife, and okay. that um, that I'd never worked with. So that wasn't so much about my childhood, but that um, that one came about because I've noticed over the years. I teach a course um, for pre- for preachers called the Preacher and the Poet. We read a lot of poetry. Mm-hmm. I've noticed over the years that a lot of poets, particularly women poets, have a poem about Lot's wife because everybody is, I think, frustrated that we assume we know why she turned around, <laughs> right? It, you know? And so, um, some of the, some of the, um, letters that I chose and the characters I wanted to work with were because I had unfinished. Right. And unanswered, um, questions about them. Right. Right. Things I wanted to explore. Um, and I, I, I loved in the New Testament, X is for oxen because oxen has an X in it. Right? Yeah, X is in oxen. And, and yeah, for the, for the Old Testament, Elisha, Elisha got that one. X is in the X. Yeah, yeah there's right. nothing. I mean, sometimes you got to punt. Um, <laughs> right. um, X was not a big popular letter for first names. Right. <laughs> in scripture. So it's really, these are like, Y'all, um, maybe two-page type reflections. It does feel like it's uh, something that you, you, it's not something you necessarily sit down or you could read it cover to cover. Um, but it feels like it is, it, it is, it's sort of like these are read one. And then at least for me, that's what I found myself doing 
is I'd read it and then I want to kind of think about it mm-hmm. a little bit longer. It's almost like it, uh, it, I was receiving kind of a proclamation of sorts, you know, through the book. I mean, they're not written as a sermon, but it 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 definitely has your voice, like your preaching voice. I feel like in there, the way it's written, you know, there's some phrases. Um, and they're ones I just, I, I want to sit with and, and think about. Um, so, um, it's it's just a a lot of fun. I love also how you, you dedicate this to your husband, David, who you mentioned earlier, but you just give a lot of gratitude to a number of people in your life. One that, um, I did not know is, uh, what I've learned is a friend in Northern Ireland. Could you tell us or Northern Iceland, I'm sorry. Actually, I read Northern Ireland the first time that I read it. I'm like, wait, um, yeah. Northern Iceland. Tell us about that. Well, these are, um, this is my dear friend, Anfrider Goodmansdottir, who teaches theology at the Univers- University of Iceland. So she and her family live in Reykjavik, and they are very close family friends of ours. Um, um, And she and I go on writing retreats together during sabbatical often, and she's from Northern Iceland. So we go up to her family home up there, which is awesome. Yes. Um, You know, January doesn't matter. Summer, fall. I love it. It's so beautiful. And Iceland air, I'm not, I'm not sponsored by them, but it's actually a really nice airline. So that's a great way to get there. Yeah. Iceland is a, is a wonderful place. Yeah. There's, we have friends, uh, Arif Emanuel saying, happy to hear you live. Um, also Mary, uh, Emmons boy, greetings in Westminster Presbyterian church in Knoxville. Uh, you, I guess were a guest speaker there. Are you back on the speaking circuit now? Uh, are, are you open to invitations? I'm yeah, sure people I'm will be asking. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I mean, post COVID life is different, right? Um, yeah. I have done some traveling lately. It's been good to be out again, um, working, um, working in congregations with, um, with people who want to sit down and read scripture, which is what I love to do. Right. Um, and I've spent some time with some preachers too. Uh, so yeah, a bit, but I think, um, you know, here are all these things we, that existed before like podcasts, but we didn't really maybe take advantage of all the right. different media that we have for connecting. Right. So, right. It's a, it definitely can be in a lot of places more at once and more people feel comfortable with it. So it seems yeah. like it's, and it's, I mean, this is, uh, we're not uh, burning you know, airline fuel and contributing to the environment uh, in all those kinds of ways that, um, so I, I get that, but um, it's good to hear. And it's good to hear you're back in the classroom as well. That's, that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, we're back face to face, which, which feels great. That's beautiful. Um, you um, see, there was, so um, this particular form, this ABCDary, um, I think it's interesting that you said earlier, this has been around, this is in scripture too. Where do we find this in scripture or where would I look? <laughs> uh, well, you would need to speak Hebrew. This is, okay. um, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see. Oh, yeah. right. So, so the right. book of Lamentations, you need to, you need to talk to one of my, you know, Brennan Breed or, right. or Bill Brown or Christine Yoder. At, at right. Right. Um, or Rosie Condithil, who's teaching, um, with us now too. Um, it's an acrostic that uses different letters. I want to I thank see. my friend Chip Dobbs Alsop, who's at um, 
who's at Princeton, who's the librarian there, as well as um, an Old Testament um, amazing scholar. And right. he, when I when I went to, actually, this is a few years ago, when I went to give a lecture at Princeton and presented um, pieces of the book in progress, he said, hey, you need to look. This is um, this is right here. ABC degrees exist. And he sent me pictures of ones that were in Ugaritic and wow. other ancient languages. So it has existed. But I remember um, seeing some that were put together by Shakers when I was a okay. child. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it would be how children learned their letters. Um, right. Yes. Yeah. My I sons mean, had a few of those um, right. that they loved growing up. Right. Um, now I'm thinking about, I love, there's, there's, um, a lot of children. There are a lot of children's books along these themes that are a, like the ABCs of Louisville, the ABC, you know, ABCs of social justice, you know, things like that. Yeah. That's so it's a, it's, it does feel like it's a Christian formation sort of, um, sort of book and tool. I mean, one that you want to keep sort of close. Um, but I also think it's uh, like a, a for preachers, it's a nice spark. Um, by the way, any preachers, anybody else out there, we'd love to hear your comments or your questions you have to get in our conversation. We have a few more minutes here together. Um, and I will say um, I have a couple of shows coming up. I hope you'll join us. Uh, Jermaine Ross Alam, director of the Center for Repair of Historic Harms with the President Mission Agency, will be on. Uh, my colleague, David Lowling, around God Provides Enough. And another uh, Atlanta and now uh, Shannon Kirshner, who's at Central Presbyterian, will be on to talk about ministers transition. She just had one from Fourth Church Chicago to Central, which uh, is really interesting. Columbia. She's a Columbia alum, right? She certainly is. She yeah. was in the very first class that I taught. So she's, oh, one, of wow. she's <laughs> one of the people who taught me how to teach. Yeah. Oh, wow. And a great preacher. That's for sure. So they'll Amazing preacher. Be, be, be here. And we love this. Uh, we're on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook, but also wherever you get your podcast, hope you'll subscribe, review. That really helps us out. It's called Leading Theologically. And so excited to have uh, you here with us here. Uh, and, and you do lead theologically in everything that you do. And it you can see your love for scripture, you know, and it's not just, uh, and, and, um, I'm sure your Bible colleagues really appreciate having you, having somebody like you around, um, uh, too, that they would be singing your praises if they were on the show. Feel free to put that in the comments, any colleagues that are joining us here. Yeah. Well, you know, I appreciate them because they, um, the students love our biblical faculty. They're amazing. And so by the time um, my wonderful colleague, Jake Myers, and I get um, the students in the preaching class, they've had a lot of Bible and a lot of preparation. Right. So we can really jump in deep. And that's because of my colleagues at Columbia. Speaking of Jake Myers, you, Jake, you and Jake have a new grant that we just, we sort of flew by earlier. It's a compelling, a Lily grant and um, compelling preaching, the compelling preaching initiative. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I'd love to. And um, you should ask Jake to come and talk about it. <laughs> there I you go. Know. There you go. That's a good idea. Um, this <laughs> is, um, I'm so grateful to him because this has been his brainchild and we're going to work on it together. But yeah, we just did get um, a Lily grant from the, Preaching Initiative, and ours is called um, Support for Holy Encounters, 
the Columbia Preachers Studio for Renewal. Mm-hmm. So what we want to focus on is preachers who are tired. Right. Preachers who need, I know a few of those. Yeah. <laughs> preachers who need um, support in new ways. Um, we are going to have um, three legs of the grant. Uh, one will be um, doing things that I've been doing for a long time, which is working with preachers on text. I'm, we're going to travel together, Jake and I, to different cities, um, invite preachers to come to workshops and do close text work. Um, as a way to kind of find new uh, processes for entering the entering scripture. One, um, one uh, third of it Jake is going to be doing. He's going to continue with what he's working on now, which is a lot of online resources for free that preachers can access, um, as well as um, he's going to be interviewing pretty much everybody that he can uh, think of that might have something um, interesting to say about the text in light of preaching. So he'll be doing those. And then the third leg will be something he works um, in tandem with his spouse, Dr. Abby Myers, who's a psychologist. They're going to offer some pilgrimage experiences for preachers and some retreat renewal. Um, And both of them are certified yoga instructors. So, you know, they have a lot of breadth between the two of them. Wow. So it's going to be fun. We're going to be trying to um, speak to body, soul, spirit, mind, all of it. Well, um, I, I hear that. I'm in a, in, we used to be call ourselves a preaching cohort. We now say we're a pastoral formation cohort. <laughs> and it's partly because of that shift. Like people are just, it, there's a, there's a lot of exhaustion and fatigue. So this is coming at just the right time. Um, and what a what a beautiful resource! Thanks for sharing that, and obviously thanks to the Living Endowment um, for their support as well. Um, our time is just about out here, and I'd love for you to sh- share a charge and benediction in a moment, if you're willing. Um, and let me just uh, say one more time, uh, Anna, what a gift you are and have been and continue to be, uh, not only to your students to come be a seminary and to the Presbyterian Church, but to the world broadly. Um, you are a true gift. I'm so glad that uh, it was your mother, your grandmother who sent you the book. My, both right? my grandparents. Yeah. Your grandparents. I'm so glad. And so it's that they saw something in you. They sent you that book. It's things like this really do matter. And yeah. that you fell in love with scripture and you help others fall in love with it too and speak their own voice. Um, and, um, and, and speak with your own voice in such beautiful ways. So thank you thank for who you, you are and uh, so grateful. Um, would you share a blessing? Uh, I would a- be happy to. Um, I'll say what I say at the end of um, worship services I lead, which is a very simple one, but for me, this is, um, this is going back to um, Iona, which is the beautiful liturgy. May God's goodness be yours and well, and seven times well, may you live your life. Mm. May you be an isle in the sea. May you be a hill on the shore. May you be a star in the night. May you be a staff to the weak. Mm. May the love Christ Jesus gave fill every heart for you. May the love Christ Jesus gave fill you for everyone. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks so much. 
Blessings to everyone. We'll look forward to seeing you again soon. Stay well.